This week, on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite best worst movies! Hello and welcome to a very special spooky mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am John... Suni! Go John Suni! I don't understand that reference. I don't know what it is. Okay, cool. You started with it, so I was like... It sounded like you were going to say Scrooney? Yeah, right? And that's weird. I saved you there, buddy. (laughs) I I was following the rule of improv of just keep talking no matter what. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. I've been to a a handful of those shows. (laughs) I've been in a handful of those shows. Okay, so this week... I don't know why I said it was spooky because the topic is not spooky. It's it's Halloween-ish time. There's a Uh, lot of vent diagram between spooky movies and the movies we'll be talking about. That's right. So, uh, next week we'll be discussing a movie you've never heard of, you'll never see. It's called Vampires vs. Zombies. It is an atrocity. It's basically a war crime unto itself, uh, which is why we'll talk about mall restaurants next week. So, this week, in advance of that, we're going to be talking about our favorite, best, worst movies. These are the movies that are so bad, they loop back around again like a Mobius strip and become fantastic! Now, it's very important... how just awful they are. Exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, it's very important to establish right off the bat, movies that are bad on purpose don't count. Those are unwatchably dumb. Right, the movie has to be... Except for Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, but I would say Snakes on a Plane is actually a good movie. It's a silly movie. It's real dumb. Yeah. But it's, like, competently made. It's well acted. It's actually kind of frightening in moments. And it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that really was that funny. movie was no accident. Yeah. In order for this to be a truly good, bad movie, it has to have the inspiration and ambition of a young Orson Welles with the execution of, I don't know, an egg that fell off your counter? Oh, gosh. I yeah. Mean, you have to... just really giving me so many ideas here. You have to... <laughs> you really have to think of the... the, the, the that, that this movie had to have heart and passion and blood and sweat and tears poured into it. And despite all of that hard work, what came out is shit. Yeah. Now, you know when you say you see a movie and you go, that movie looks like shit. I don't mean that the picture quality is bad. I mean that if you were to look at this film (laughs) in film form or on DVD, it would appear to be a long chocolate coil of steaming shit. (laughs) These are the movies we're talking about. Uh, So let's go around the horn. Let's name our best worst movies. Let's start with you, John. Favorite, best, worst movie. You know what? I gotta go back to the past. I gotta do the one that I believe started it all. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Directed by Ed Wood. Starring a dead Bella Lugosi. Recast by Ed Wood's hairdresser. It is so amazingly bad. And it's clear that there's a ton of heart and soul behind it. It's meant to be this allegory for the Cold War and rampant weapons development. But it just... It's incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. It's just insane. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, there's there's very little plot or anything to speak of. There's a vampire lady. There's Tor Johnson as just Tor Johnson. <laughs> there is. Uh, I I love. It has the greatest. A pre-credit sequence of any film I've ever seen where it's Criswell, who is just a very dapper man in a bow tie, sitting at a desk, saying, The future! 
We're all curious about the future because it is the place we will all someday live. Hey, he's right, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it ends with Criswell introducing the topic of the movie by saying, Are you strong enough to handle the truth about alien grave robbers from outer space? <laughs> Nice. And, and I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know I, if I am, to be honest with you. I, I mean, to be honest, and like Plan 9, it is it is the grandfather, uh, it is the urtext of best worst movies. It's the It really did start it off. There are a couple other Ed Wood movies that would definitely fit this category. Glenn or Glenda is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, there's also another one that I met. My mom went through this weird Ed Wood phase, <laughs> and she bought this movie, and I can't remember what it was called. It was called, oh, it was called Orgy of the Dead. Yeah. And here's what it is. It's a couple driving in a car for about 10 minutes and then they get pulled over and get taken over by this vamp the same vampire lady and same Tor Johnson uh, from, from Plan, Plan 9, 9. they're tied up to posts and then forced to watch an ever weirder array of burlesque strippers <laughs> and I believe that this film also doesn't it have Criswell in the graveyard with them and uh, it just yes. cuts to him making weird lecherous faces yes yeah it's real weird <laughs> um, so yeah I, that's a movie that my mom not only bought was like let's watch Watch it, kids. There's just not enough to, to. There's just there's too much to actually to, to recommend about Plan Nine from Outer Space. It mostly takes place in a graveyard where characters are constantly knocking down the cardboard cutouts of tombstones. <laughs> uh, there's. Yeah, like I said, it stars Bella Lugosi, by which I mean it stars the one day of Bella Lugosi they could film before he died. Ouch. Then his character is recast as Ed Wood's hairdresser with a cloak over his face, because I guess that'll work. <laughs> but and the hairdresser is like a foot taller. Has and wildly different uh, bone and head structure. And weighs like 100 pounds less. <laughs> uh, it's Lugosi. amazing because they have to send the police out every now and then in this movie, and it's all stopped. Footage, so it's stock footage of cop cars leaving the police station in nighttime. Cut to them driving on a country road in daytime. Cut back to the location where it's nighttime again. So everything is 12 hours away from everything else in this movie. It's amazing. The aliens finally land and say that they're destroying the Earth with uh, reanimated corpses of two people because eventually humans will discover solar benite, which is like napalm for the sun. And that will destroy the universe. So they came back in time to stop that from happening. Happening, and I cannot remember the ending of this movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, for all we know, the movie's still going. Right, yeah, exactly. It, there might not be an ending. Guys, the ending was in your hearts the whole time. Aww. <laughs> Patrick, favorite best worst movie. Man, this there's been a lot of a lot of titles running through my head right now. Sure. But I wanna come, I think, to a movie called the Prophecy 2. Yeah! <laughs> Skipping it right past The Prophecy no, no, no. 1. The Prophecy 1 is charming. There's like a weird little world they're setting up. And frankly, The Prophecy 3 also has a really weird world that they kind of set up that's almost interesting. But in The Prophecy 2, 
Ooh boy, that's not what you get. Now the prophecy series, if you're you're unaware, uh, stars Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken as, as the fallen angel Gabriel. Yeah, as the archangel Gabriel, yeah. uh, arch nemesis to the archangel Michael from the Fat Dancing Angel movie with John Travolta. Right. Except in the prophecy two, Michael shows up as the big Deus Ex Machina in the end, and he is played by motherfucking Eric Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I wait, wait! Love it. Eric Roberts is in Best of the Best Eric As Roberts? As Julia Roberts' brother, Eric <laughs> Roberts. Ah, estranged brother. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the star of Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs, Eric Roberts? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh. oh, Eric Roberts, also star of uh, the TNT Western Purgatory. Oh, yeah. And also uh, that the, the crazy, silly Italian stereotype from the Dark Knight, the first two Dark Knight movies by Chris Nolan. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's Eric Roberts. It was Ramirez. (laughs) (laughs) And a movie that is about angels fighting climaxes in a big Terminator-style fight in a construction site. (laughs) Yeah. With, like, steam pipes and shit. Now, I've never seen... I've only seen Prophecy 1... What is the plot of Prophecy 2? Prophecy 2, Gabriel, uh, who has is dead, I believe, at the end of Prophecy, or is sent to hell, he gets sent back to Earth from the devil to declare war on man. And he's going to go uh, wrecking the place. And so Jennifer Beals has to stop him. And she has the other angel, Daniel, who's played by, I don't fucking know. And uh, he gives it a go for a while, but ultimately he fails, and Jennifer Beals has to, like, leap of faith style kill Christopher Walken by tackling him off a big scaffolding. And God protects her from death. Well, really, Eric Roberts, but kills Christopher Walken. Oh. Yeah. Who then comes back for Prophecy 3? Oh, fuck yeah, Christopher Walken never dies. <laughs> you can't have a prophecy movie without Christopher Walken. I would love to see, like, a prophecy, like, 4 now with, like, 80-year-old Christopher yeah. Walken. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. No, man. There is one. It's that Fat Boy Slim video. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Weapon good of Choice, know. the ultimate oh, title, Prophecy one. 4. Yeah. All right. Interesting. All right. Mark, best, worst movie. Guys, I'm going to go with a movie here that was formidable to me. Formidable. Yeah, it, it really had an impact. Do you impact. mean formative? I yes, think you mean formative. I mean formative. formative. Okay. It really uh, kind of changed my life and uh, how I feel about films. Oh. And this, this movie I speak of, my friends, Miami Connection. <laughs> the Miami Connection. Yes. A movie that takes place neither in Miami or has any connection to it. It's a movie about a rock band made up of ninjas who fights a drug dealing band also made up of ninjas. Yes. How have I not seen this movie? That's a good question. So this movie was made by uh, a guy whose name escapes me right now, but he is considered like the Ray Kroc of Taekwondo because... Basically, hot like shit. he was like a hot, he was like a taekwondo master, okay. and he franchised out taekwondo schools all over the country and made millions doing this, right? Because they so, were everywhere. Yeah, and so this is in the high, the heyday of like taekwondo in the eighties and the early nineties. So in the late eighties, he was like, "I'm going to show people what taekwondo can do, like on film." So he finances this movie called Miami Connection. He's about forty at the time. Nice. He stars. 
along with the rest of his students in his class. Nice. They all play college students who are orphans. <laughs> that is a plot point. <laughs> yeah. In the movie. Because one of them, like, reconciles with his dad real quick. Well, one of them just shows up one day and has this very tearful monologue about how all of a sudden he had a dad. And they're like, I thought we were all orphans. And he's like, no, my dad left my family and I hate him, but now I want to meet him. And that guy eventually almost gets, that guy takes a sword to the gut at the end of the movie and almost dies as his dad is on the plane to, like, meet him. (laughs) Uh, His dad... Is on a connecting flight in Miami. Oh. No, it's Orlando. The whole movie takes place in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, but you, how are you going to get to Orlando? You can you just don't... fly right into Orlando. That. What if you're coming from uh, fucking St. Petersburg, Florida? You're going to have to stop off in Miami. John, I don't know about the geography of Florida, and nor do I care. I just know that there's snakes, gators, and taekwondo, and that's enough for me to stay the fuck out. <laughs> uh, this movie also features, and this is what is most important, I implore you to look these up. The amazing original music of the band in the film, Dragon Sounds. <laughs> the song, there's a song called Against the Ninja, which is amazing, but the toppermost, poppermost song is a movie called Friends. Now, mm. you might know this song if you've ever played the game Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, because it is the song that plays over the end credits. Yeah. Uh, of uh, by the way, sweet game. Michael oh, Bean yeah. does the voice, and it has awesome Genesis graphics at the beginning where they do a predator handshake. Nice. But anyways, uh, I recommend looking at Miami Connection. It is the most one of the most ineptly made martial arts movies of all time because there's literally only one martial artist in the movie. It's the guy, the forty year old guy pretending to be a twenty year old in college, Yikes. and everybody he fights is just a bunch of goons and mooks, and it's great. Somehow that works for Jeremy Piven in PCU, though. Sure. Oh, Jeremy Piven. In- <laughs> PCU. That's a movie that every now and then I think, man, I liked that movie when I watched it. I'm going to watch it again. Oh, don't. And then I get like 10 minutes in and I'm like, that's right, Jeremy Piven's a piece of shit. <laughs> but that, I will say this, that was before Jeremy Piven like got self-conscious about being bald. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he still had like the balding hair and everything. And then all of a sudden, like after that, like he lost some weight and got like cut. And he was like, Wigs! All the wigs! Yeah. Uh, So, honorable mention, best worst movies. I feel like we can't go any further without mentioning, obviously, The Room. Um, See, here's the reason why The Room just barely misses my top best worst movie. Because I fucking hate the dumb bullshit midnight movie culture that has sprung up around that (laughs) amazing piece of film. Yeah, absolutely. I don't... It's... I went and saw a midnight screening of The Room uh, last year, and I was just expecting to go to watch this terrible, awesome movie and enjoy it like with a bunch of like-minded people. And instead, it got Rocky-horrored to shit. Ooh. And I fucking hate the Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show. Not because of all the people yelling things at the screens and toilet paper and all that horse shit. That just intensifies my anger. I just hate the movie in general because it's garbage. Yeah. It's supremely overrated and fuck you if you don't disagree with me. Write us. Let me know. Get angry with me. <laughs> Send me a tweet. We'll fight about it. It'll be great. I really Really fucking hate Rocky Horror Picture Show. I gotta and the say fact that, that it, that fact that it infected the room yeah. enrages me, John. I will. The one thing I'll go to bat. Well, there's one and a half things I'll go to bat for in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Barry Bostwick. Right. I was about to say it has to be Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick. He's gonna is be 
such a good mayor of New York later. He is, <laughs> yeah, Spin City. If you haven't seen Spin City, it's incredibly funny. Yeah. The Michael J. Fox years. Yeah. Barry Bostwick is just hands down the best performance in that movie. Yeah. He's very he good in the movie. Yeah. Totally gets what the movie is and cares just enough about it. And I will say, I really like Tim Curry's physical performance yeah. in that film. If you put it on mute and think of him as a Looney Tunes character, it's great. Yeah. Sure. But I fucking hate the goddamn time warp at this point. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the I'm worst. I'm tired of seeing people sing Sweet Transvestite at karaoke. Yeah. And then acting like it's it's some big shocking thing. I can't believe I, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's like it's nothing. Gross. It guys, that song's been around for thirty years. It's fine. Yeah, listen, if you want to listen to, there's a bunch nothing of... shocking about this anymore. Yeah, bad right. news, John. That song's probably been around like forty years. Yeah, yeah. Just listen, if you we're want, thirty. If you want to listen to some great theatrical tinged rock and roll, just listen to fucking Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf and Jim Simon because it's fucking perfect from one to oh, nine. Shit. It's amazing. Uh, you know what? You I know gotta, what? I'm gonna totally Meatloaf or Spotify some Meatloaf. Yeah, that's, that is, that is going to bump my Rocky Horror rating up to a solid two, because that Meatloaf song is great. Yeah. No, Meatloaf's great. The okay. song is dumb. Sure, so 1.75. Yeah, there you go. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other honorable mention best words? I guess we had to say ah. Troll 2, because Trolls 2 is where Best Wars movie came from. It's a documentary. You should look at it. It's really I great. I saw a movie in the theaters that I want to mention called The Omega Code 2. Whoa! <laughs> it was a crazy, stupid, shitty apocalypse movie. But it was, like, totally biblical, and I had no idea going into it. What, why? Wait, The Omega Code 2? 2. two. What happened to the Omega Code 1? Don't know. I think it came out when I was too young to see it. Here's, oh, here's okay. the <laughs> other thing that will always stand out to me about this like weird Christian apocalypse movie that I saw in the theaters. is uh, My buddy and I went to uh, the movie theaters and just saw something on the weekends because you know I was like 14 or whatever. And uh, we're in line and there's like nothing that appeals to us and we're just trying to figure out what it is. And it's not very long after September 11th. And uh, a guy turns around to us and says about the Omega Code too. This has a lot to do with what's going on right now, guys. <laughs> and then I sat through two hours of the shittiest apocalypse movie ever. Oh man! I just love that this random stranger was going town to town, proselytizing. Right? It was the magic. It was probably the director of Omega Code too. <laughs> Oh, man. He was hoping you would come out afterwards and be like, where is that man? I must take that man. You know what, Puerto Rico? I know you're going through a lot with Hurricane Irma, but this uh, movie Birdemic, I think, is really going to speak to you. <laughs> this is going to heal this divide. The uh, Another movie I'd like to mention is the, uh, and I haven't seen the Nick Cage version, but I have oh, seen yeah. the Kirk Cameron version of Left Behind. Ooh, oh yeah. god, it's so good. And, and on top of that, the instance in which the instance in which I watched it was when I was in high school. I did a volunteered at a soup kitchen at a church, uh, feeding like homeless people, yeah. like like mm-hmm. spooning out food yeah. and yeah. you know clean up and everything. And afterwards, they set up a screening at the church of Left Behind. Oh wow! And I sat there and watched this movie in its entirety, eating like a surprisingly good fucking meal from a soup kitchen, right? Uh, with all these people and. 
At first, I was like, oh, man, I'm watching a churchy movie in a church and everything. These people who came to see the movie, the the, the, the homeless people that were there, God bless them. Because it was like watching a 60-person mystery science theater. <laughs> Each one of them just throwing insult after insult at Kirk Cameron and his dumb band of idiots oh. who didn't disappear. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, oh man. man. Any other honorable mentions uh, we got out there? Uh, I'll throw out Showgirls. Sure, Ooh, yeah. That's a shit fest. That's great. Uh, now, now, th- now, that one I'm not sure on. Because, it's right on the edge. Yeah, because it's very definitely, I think, a knowing, like, winky-wink movie, but I just don't think it winked hard enough. Yeah. I don't think it realized what it was winking at. Sure, yeah. and I think the other thing is, like, the script is very serious, and, like, it's Paul Verhoeven who showed up was like, this is so stupid, we should just make a comedy out of this, <laughs> but didn't tell anybody, yeah. just edited it as such. <laughs> he just he just indulged everybody's worst choices as an actor, yeah. and I was like, that is perfect, you well, just keep doing that, and we'll have good to movie. That was during that period where you would consistently get two of the exact same movie at the exact same time, and Showgirls was the shitty striptease. Yeah. 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 Showgirls and was the deep impact to, to strip these is Armageddon. Whoa, 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 whoa. No way, my friend. I am sorry. Deep Impact is the superior asteroid collision movie. <laughs> With Toby from uh, West Wing. Because that's the thing. Yeah. The fucking meteor impacts in Deep Impact. It does. It does hit. But you don't get Steve Buscemi sitting on top of a nuclear ro- uh, bomb saying, yeah. I just wanted to feel the power. <laughs> Ugh. Oh. All right. Uh, well, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm oh. going to throw one more in oh, there. Do it, Patrick. A movie called The Seventh Sign, whereupon right. the Soul Bank ran out of souls, mm-hmm. and Demi Moore and Michael Bean have to somehow write the future so that Demi Moore's baby will get a soul by the time it is born. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking yes. That is exactly yeah. the plot of that movie. That sounds incredible. <laughs> I guess also, just as, as a quick footnote or addendum, uh, watch any Mystery Science Theater 3000. That show is a pure delight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so many good, bad movies. Manos the Hands of Fate. Space Mutiny. Oh, <laughs> Horror at Party Beach. The Screaming Skull. Even the new season, uh, as we're recording this season oh, 11. Avalanche. Avalanche is amazing. Cry Wilderness is an insanely good find. Wizards of Gore. Oh, man. Wizards of Gore 2. Was that what it's called? Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's two Wizards movies. Yeah. And they yeah. have nothing to do with each other. And one of them has a very clearly checked out, um, what's his name from Kung Fu? David Carradine. David Carradine. Carradine. Oh, right. it's good shit. All right, yeah. well, All right. That, is, that will do it for this mini-sode. Next week, check back when we talk about vampires versus zombies for our spooky Halloween joke. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Brown. I'm still John Rooney. And we'll see you next time. Adieu? I don't. Bless you. Well, that was my French version of Paul Harvey. <laughs> nice. Where he'd always go, good day? Good day? <laughs> like it was a question? Yeah, like, right. are you going to have a good day? Probably not. I just listened to Paul Harvey. Yeah. And that little boy who nobody liked grew up to be Roy Cohn. <laughs> <laughs> and and now you know. That no one likes. Now you know the rest.
of the story. <laughs> Goodbye. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. If you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, like us on Facebook, or email us at BodyCountsBeer at gmail.com.